why many of these platforms pulled out of China in the last 10, 15 years. It's because they couldn't face the Great Firewall scrutiny in China and at the same time uh, 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 comply with international obligations. So they had to move out. So is that eventually going to be what's happening to Hong Kong? Uh, uh, that's the worry. And, and then you have to worry once they even moved out, uh, are we going to institute even a stricter firewall simply, similar to uh, 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 what we have in China in the mainland? And then end up again, I was listening, listening to Mark what he was talking about and then young people or even expats and so on would find that Hong Kong is it's not as livable as before because they just couldn't even get the information or get onto these social media platform as they mm. used to be able to. Mr. Mock, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for coming in this morning. Thank you. That's Charles Mock, legislator who represents the IT functional constituency. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Around Asian stock markets this morning, a um, little bit of a mixed picture. The ASX 200 in Australia is following the US lead and is up about half a percent. Uh, stronger rise in South Korea, the Cosby is up 0.8%, but the Nikkei 225 in Japan is slipping. That's down a quarter of a percent. Looks like there's going to be another big rally at the open, though, for Hong Kong stocks. Futures markets indicating the Hang Seng will open about 1.7% further, building on its uh, gains over the last few days, and that will take the index to about... 26,780. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. The weather forecast for today is going to be mainly fine, one or two showers. Very hot during the day, maximum temperature of 33 degrees. And the outlook is for it to stay mainly fine and very hot, apart from isolated showers for the rest of this week. There is a very hot weather warning. In force right now, it's 30 degrees, 79% relative humidity. It's 8.32. Ben Chay has the half-hour news. The director of the WHO Collaborating Center for Infectious Disease Epidemiology and Control at the University of Hong Kong, Benjamin Cowling, says he's very concerned about a reported outbreak of COVID-19 among elderly care home residents. An 85-year-old woman is said to have tested positive for the coronavirus. That's after a third local COVID-19 case was confirmed yesterday, connected to a congee and noodle shop worker who came down with the disease the day before. Here's Professor Cowling. We thankfully haven't had any outbreaks in elderly homes before, but if this is the start of an outbreak in an elderly home, I think that, that's really very concerning. And I think we're going to find some other cases linked with the ones that you mentioned. I think there's, we're going to uncover a lot more cases in the coming few days, I guess. The Centre for Health Protection also said 16 coronavirus infections were confirmed yesterday among people who had recently returned to Hong Kong from overseas. The government says anyone who refuses to remove messages that endanger national security from electronic platforms could now face up to one year in jail. The move is included in a detailed government plan that came into effect at midnight, giving more powers to enable the police to carry out their duties under the new national security law. More details from Todd Harding. The government statement said the police can ask those who publish messages deemed to be endangering national security on electronic platforms to remove, restrict or stop anyone from receiving them. The administration says the system has been drawn up under Article 43 of the new national security law, which gives the Committee for Safeguarding National Security the power to make relevant implementation rules for the police force. The committee held its first meeting yesterday.
And according to the new rules, police at or above the rank of assistant commissioner will be able to authorize searches for evidence without a warrant in exceptional circumstances. The police can also apply to a magistrate to require anyone suspected of committing an offense endangering national security to surrender their travel document. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today, Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. We're talking once again today about the national security legislation, the NSL, and today one country, two systems, and the role of the police. First, are we missing the big picture? Should we be thinking about the NSL from the one country perspective? What has Beijing made of recent events and localism, and how can threats of foreign interference be countered? And what about the role of the police? We're told that unlike other police departments, the new national security Department of the Police Force is a political organisation and will assume strong political responsibilities. What exactly will that entail? And yesterday, as we've been hearing, the police were given sweeping new powers, including warrant-free raids and ordering internet firms such as Facebook to remove content. The police have recently had problems with their public image. Will the NSL fix that or make it worse? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can give us a call on our number is 233-88266. is our number. Just before we get to our main discussion, some uh, interesting uh, emails. Uh, again, fairly long. Short is really good on the radio, uh, listeners. Uh, but uh, some uh, interesting emails following up on, on some of the uh, debates that we've been having uh, on the programme. Uh, first of all, DY says, uh, will op- with the subject line, will opportunity to obtain Australian citizenship come with frying print says uh, this is fun so even racist australia is getting on the bandwagon making vague pledges to offer i bet a chance for hong kong protesters to apply for citizenship wink wink we get to choose if you are rich enough stroke not a criminal stroke not an unskilled dimwit looking for handouts will that offer include this fine print quote take this up at your own risk the government shall not guarantee that you will not be punched stroke cursed at stroke spat on stroke assault stroke humiliation stroke bullied in the street school local supermarket for your chinese or asian appearance or will it feature an image of pauline hansen to boost the number of applicants some australian politicians have fought to undermine anti-discrimination laws such as by twice trying to scrap the racial hate speech protections in section 18c of the racial discrimination act and have been far too slow to condemn racism and stand up for australian victims of racist abuse a fine place for hong kong protesters that comes uh, from uh, dy uh, wilson says i found yesterday's commentary on listeners comments from rthk personnel interesting in particular the comment from mr Voris about canada-based listeners first i think it's amazing that rthk backchat has so many overseas listeners and as i recall at least one or two of the canada-based listeners appear to be anti-government personally i like to keep balance in my comments thus my criticism of both james tin and the pandemocrats in my earlier message but while i think the government has made some serious errors i am upset that the pandemocrats continue to subscribe to the break eggs to make a progress omelette philosophy ignoring any consideration of the physical economic psychological and emotional pain it's inflicted on so many innocent people now that some commentators who have previously 
previously expressed support of protester violence and made arguments trivialising the condemnation of protesters' rampage have confessed to not living in Hong Kong, I have all lost all respect for them because they have the luxury of saying anything they like without having to deal with the consequences firsthand. How would Canadian-based commentators feel if people in Hong Kong successfully incited First Nations people to rise up and burn the homes of white people because it was the atrocities of the entitled white population that ruined, if not destroyed, the lives of countless First Nations, Inuit and Metis peoples, and effectively sentenced Canada's native people to perpetual second-class status and then watched their white friends being assaulted, doxxed, raped, terrorised, killed and their properties destroyed? Why have the Australian commentators been silent about the de facto imprisonment of African residents in public housing estates in Flemington and North Melbourne while screaming about the treatment of Africans in Guangzhou? The pro-government camp has its problems, but at least they've never condoned the violence and continue to condemn it. That comes uh, from uh, Wilson. Kim says, thank you for reading out my previous message. Someone assumed I am from Canada, which is not true. I'm a locally born Hong Kong Chinese person based here in Hong Kong. I have no other identity or passport. I have uh, Hong Kong residency. I only have Hong Kong residency. This is my only home. I was in Canada last year to visit relatives who have moved there, but I'm not Canadian and I do not live in Canada. It's fine for people in overseas countries to have views about Hong Kong, but not okay for any foreign nationals to claim that they represent me or millions of fellow Hong Kong citizens to hijack public opinion. That comes uh, from Kim. Um, just on that point, I would just say to, to uh, Kim and, and uh, to uh, Wilson uh, and, and to others, it's a very complicated situation in Hong Kong. Uh, as you know, there are, just because somebody has a foreign passport, they can still be Hong Kong Chinese. Um, they may have grown up in a certain place. They may uh, live in a certain place. Now it's a very kind of mixed situation, isn't it, Ada, when you're talking about nationality in Hong, in Hong Kong? Yes, uh, a, a lot of people, you know, have the right of the vote to more than one place. So, you know, it's, um, yes, it's very complicated. But uh, we have Mr. Paul Young here with us. Um, he's Senior Research Officer of the One Country, Two Systems Research Institute. Good morning, Mr. Young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mr. Young, um, I, I read a, a piece uh, that, that you wrote. Um, you know, in it, uh, you emphasize that, uh, you know, for the people who are arguing against the national security law, um, they have one thing in common. They have all been made from the perspective of Hong Kong, and you urge um, that everyone should see the big picture. Could you start by elaborating on your views on this? Okay, thank you. Um well, I want to add uh, some more perspective on what we have. We are usually get used to what we call the Hong Kong local perspective. And my point is that we must view the national security issue from the perspective of the state. And since the law emphasizes the role of the central authorities in safeguarding national security in the Hong Kong SAR, um, some commentators claim that Beijing is undermining Hong Kong's autonomy or or compromising one country, two systems. And such arguments reveal a fundamental misunderstanding of the political framework of OCTS. And the basic principle of this framework is one country precedes two systems, especially on some kinds of issue, such as the national security issue, which is exercising state power is of the most importance. So I want to add this point of what we, what I call a nationwide perspective. 
And also, maybe, but I think that we are not quite familiar with this kind of perspective, so I want to add on it. How, how could uh, one learn more about uh, the importance of national security in Hong Kong? It seems that, um, uh, I mean, we know that it is important, but uh, how... You know, how, how would you, you know, try to tell Hong Kong people more, you know, the positive things about national security? Maybe we can start with the background of the legislation. We, we should not too focus on the, on the, on the content because uh, it is the consequence of what have happened last year. We can see that it's the last year's social disorder and violence on the streets of Hong Kong that posed of the greatest threat. We can also see that uh, there are many people advocate such as a slogan of kind of separatism or Hong Kong independence slogan, which this trigger the central government think that they pose a threat to the national security in Hong Kong. So I think that we have to discuss the background, what really happened last year. And for the issue of uh, national security, we we can find many examples from the international examples, uh, such as uh, what we, we we are so familiar with the Spain, the Catalonia uh, independence movement. Uh, we, there's many examples in the international society, so we can know that national security is not the only case in Hong Kong, which are just it's all all around the world. Okay, but how how would you uh, look at the national security law that um, has you know, now a um, you know that there's now a law in Hong Kong um, against um, the things that the Hong Kong government is doing? For example, we learned that uh, the public libraries of Hong Kong have taken uh, a few books off mm. the shelf, uh, and one book, including um, this book written by Joshua Wong, uh, I have not read that book, uh, but um, you know I. Uh, I was given to understand that he did not mention separatism in the book. So, so you know, in Hong Kong, we still have all kinds of freedoms, freedom to express, freedom to read, anything we want. So how, how, how do you see this against national security law? Um, for this uh, specific case, I think that it's just a pause. As we have, there's maybe some matters, just as you said, you haven't read the book, so as me. So I think that, that if there is really some content which is uh, factoring the national security, the authority has to do something according to the new legislation. So I think that it is just a procedure to do that. And for the freedom of speech or freedom of expression or such kinds of freedoms we treasured in Hong Kong, I'm quite confident that uh, even the central government treasured it because Beijing know that uh, such kinds of values is one of the most valuable um, elements in Hong Kong, for even for the sake of the national interest. So I think that if there's if in most of the freedom we we enjoyed in the past, we can continue in the future. I'm quite confident in that. Will we have less autonomy in Hong Kong? Um, for the how to say that is the the degree of autonomy. Well, the, the, the autonomy issue, I would have to put it that way, uh, because many of us has uh, maybe has some misconception on the autonomy issue of Hong Kong. The autonomy, according to basic law or the national uh, or the constitution, 
it is not itself gained by Hong Kong. It is delivered by it is authorized by the central government. So it depends on that how much the central government give the autonomy. But I, we we believe that in the past twenty something years, the central government has made science on how much autonomy Hong Kong enjoyed. Indeed, in the reality, when we compare with other cities or, or even those autonomous states in other countries, Hong Kong is one of the enjoyed the one of the most highest degree of autonomy. Sorry, again, will we have less though in future? Will we have less autonomy? Uh, I think that some things are limited. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, don't I agree that I don't the understand. autonomy is. Uh, we, we will have. Are you saying we will have less autonomy, or we will not have less autonomy? Uh, less. We will have less autonomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have got used to. I mean, because we were, we, we understood there would be a high degree of autonomy. Are you saying that's not going to be the case in future? I think that what what I it's not uh, simple to say that less or more autonomy because Hong. Uh, my point is that Hong Kong still enjoy a high degree of autonomy. Um, for the national security issue, is the loopholes. Is is the, the this field is a loophole in the past. So you if you say that when the central government do something to fill the loophole, we, we just, given that we 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 didn't did it well in the past twenty something years, uh, I I don't know how to, can we conclude that it is to fill the loophole is kind of less autonomy. Yeah, but you're saying it is. You're saying there will be less autonomy. Uh, I, <laughs> I try to use your word, but I think that it's still the high degree of autonomy in Hong Kong, even though we 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 clarify something. I don't think it's tricky, is it? I mean, yeah. if you if you're promised a high degree of autonomy and now you're saying there will be less autonomy, people will. I mean, when you have autonomy taken away from you, people tend to be react in a certain way, don't they? Um, I think that the how we perceive the autonomy is quite different in in the in the community. So, uh, for example, what I mentioned before, uh, the perspective of autonomy, what which is authorized by the central government, many Hong Kong people didn't understand the, this concept. So I think that. Uh, we, when we talk about the issue of autonomy, we have to. Well, autonomy is having power over your yeah. over your actions and making choices about how you live your life and about how you run your your area. That's mm, autonomy. Yeah. Is yeah. that you saying there are different ideas about that? Yeah. Uh, so, so I think that well, what I said before is that the central government authorized Hong Kong to enjoy the degree of autonomy, the autonomous power to do something, um, but. It's also the central government who has the authority to make some. And, and now it's taking away some yeah, of that yeah, autonomy. Yeah, sure. So it sure. is taking away some yeah, of that yeah. autonomy. Yeah, yeah. So, so you you asked us to uh, to to look at uh, this whole issue from a more national point of view. So, can, can you tell us more about what Be- what Beijing is thinking about? Uh, what what do they think of um, recent events and? Um, uh, and Hong Kong's position uh, in China in the future. So should we just remain an international finance center, uh, and not, uh, you know, and not a special administrative region with a high degree of autonomy, and also uh, that we can uh, continue with our constitutional reforms to the point that we can elect our chief executive and all legislative council members. <laughs> um, I, I can't speak for. 
the central government. But uh, for the for the last question, I, I want to add a point that uh, for the autonomous question, uh, the central government uh, uh, they they are doing some work that just the issue of national security. I, I don't think that is is in the field of the Hong Kong uh, autonomous uh, powers, but in the in the future, I think that. Um, we can see but the, that, but the yeah. basic law says that Hong Kong has to make laws yeah, on its own, mm-hmm. on its on its own. So, so the, the reality is that we we all know that the well, that doesn't that suggest that the yeah. that that's well, that is a pretty explicit yeah. statement that the question of national security mm. is down to Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. or was, isn't it? Doesn't yes. that what it means when it says that it has to make these laws on its own? Mm, yes, I I, uh, <laughs> I think that is the point that uh, the. The central government is coming to a, a situation that it has to do something unless or, or without the national security legislation, Hong Kong will will face a great disorder. We we all we can observe that situation in the last years, uh, the pictures we we seen. So I think that in the future. Uh, what Ada said, uh, asked before is that uh, the new legislation just addressed one of the most deepest political problems in Hong Kong, that is whether anti-China can be a political conflict in Hong Kong. We, we, we can predict that maybe months ago in the uh, the the political agenda of the pan-democratic camp or what or some people say that is opposition camp, they are going to fight a anti-China campaign, especially in the coming September's election. So whether this is the anti-China can be a political agenda in Hong Kong. So the new legislation just, you can say that draw a red line that, okay, uh, Something we we didn't said clearly before in the past. So it is now we told you told those politicians that it is the red line, which is not to- tolerated by the central government. So I think that this build a common ground for the Hong Kong polit- political development. So whether we can have further the advanced the constitutional reform. I'm, I'm, I think that is better. We will have a better condition, uh, maybe years later. Uh, I mean, you're optimistic as you say that it's going to build this common ground. Mm. But I think a lot of people might say, um, might doubt the reasons for the optimism. I mean, the the, the protests, uh, the scale of the protests, the result of the district council elections. Every public opinion poll suggests that there was widespread public support for for those protests. And the chief executive herself spoke about the government disastrously um, underestimating the degree of mistrust between Hong Kong and, and Beijing, between Hong Kong Hong Kongers' feel towards mainland authorities. Now, if there is that mistrust, uh, if you make it illegal, you don't. You don't, you don't solve the problem, do you? And I, I mean, you bring up Catalonia, and of course, this is this is very much the problem in Catalonia. You could have a law against um, secession in in Catalonia, but that wouldn't change, that wouldn't do anything to affect the views of of many of the people who live there. And the danger is, isn't it, that you get the same effect in Hong Kong that you're making this illegal, but you're not changing anybody's minds. 
Um, I don't think that you will, we will not change the minds in, in the long run because mm. we have to accept that it's the unique background, the political background or historical background in Hong Kong that some of the people, they have the mentality of and China. But what we, show, we, we also uh, admit that, uh, agreed, I, I also agree that the Hong Kong SDL government didn't do well in the last year's protest. Which we can, we we can prevent loss of the tragedy we, we we witnessed last year. But the most important thing is that the political movement can't be hijacked by a small group of radicals or extremists. That's what we ha- we we witnessed in the Hong in Hong Kong last year. So I think that most of the Hong Kong people are moderate, but those small groups of radicals or extremists, we have to admit that there's some groups of people uh, exist in Hong Kong. We need we need a weapon to tackle off with, with that problem. So that I think that this the we, we have to look to the reality we we face. But okay. um, but even if the pan-democrats, some of the pan-democrats, you know, have an mm. anti-China kind of attitude, it does not mean that, um, you know, behind them, you know, there is foreign power and they mm. are being sort of infiltrated or even brainwashed by by mm. these uh, foreign powers. Uh, it's uh, it's really a, a very long stretch, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so, um, but but. Now, the, um, w- with the uh, collusion offence, um, it, um, it is actually uh, very nerve-wracking for, for anybody who, who would like to speak out in the public arena um, uh, as to, you know, what they'll be faced with. So, so in, in fact, you know, I, I, I read that uh, a lot of people feel that there's white terror now in Hong Kong. Do, do you agree with that? Can I just supplement that with yeah. a question from a listener, Patrick, who says, can your guest please confirm that peacefully campaigning for democracy in Hong Kong is still permitted under the national security law? Is that your understanding? That can yeah. people still peacefully campaign yeah, sure. for democracy? Sure. It, it's, it's guaranteed in the basic law, the, the constitutional department. Just, so I think that my, my point is that the national security legislation may build a common ground or maybe a favorable condition for the constitutional development in the future. So, for the, oh, sorry, pardon, uh, was Ada's question? I can you read? Yeah, I mean, even uh, uh, if politicians have an anti-China view, oh, yeah. it doesn't mean that there are foreign powers behind them. Yeah, sure, sure. That we have to clarify what is anti-government or anti-SAR government's some policy, the government policy, or that another stance is the anti-China. But now yeah. that a lot of people have wide investigative powers, the local police and also, um, you know, the whole the, the national council, and um, it, it, it is uh, actually very nerve-wracking. And this is sort of really above the basic law as well. Yes, yes, I agree with that. So, I'm as I'm not a legal expert, but I think that for the exercise of the of the power of the exercise of the new legislation, we have to know. But what you mentioned, the white terror, I I agree that uh, some Hong Kong people has that perception. So it is the responsibility of the government to explain the new legislation, to do more work, to tell the, to rebuild the confidence of the public as well as the international community to that new legislation. Okay. Uh, an email from R. 
Uh, who says the background, the government ignored the feelings of the people, things escalated, violence ensued. The government has no idea how to win the hearts and minds of the people. If they can't make people love them, they will use coercion and oppressive laws to force people to behave. Quote, you don't behave, we, we take your power back. You still don't behave, we will crush you if necessary, unquote. Who was behind the inaction of the Hong Kong government last year to address the issue when it began? That come from our... Uh, uh, again, Mr Young, that question of kind of <coughs> hearts and minds winning people over by other means than, than sort of threats, do you think that's happening? Do you think that's... Do you see any signs of that? Do you think that's something that can be done or is that uh, not really possible? I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think that uh, for the... How to say? For the protest, uh, for the movement last year, some of the claims of the protest or those Hong Kong people should be addressed by the government in the future. But for the national security issue, it's totally another another topic in that. So we have to the new legislation is to address the national security issues such as separatism or some with the the uh, intervention of the foreign powers. So we have to separate the national level issue and the local issue. Is the what, what, yeah. All right, well, we'll go on comment from Andrew F., who says, your guest tells us the mainland authorities, quote, treasure free speech, while in the same breath telling us not to worry about library books being removed to be checked by authorities. I don't know any countries that treasure free speech that vet library books. I hope they won't remove dictionaries from libraries, because it sounds like your guest needs to look up free speech. That comes uh, from Andrew F. More emails, which we'll get to uh, after the news at nine. For the moment, this, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us this morning. That's uh, Paul Young, Senior Research Officer with the One Country, Two Systems Research Institute. Uh, James Toe will be joining us, uh, Democratic Party lawmaker, after the news at nine, focusing uh, on the police. Uh, then, once again, if you want to comment, drop us a line, backchat.rthk.hk. Uh, the weather forecast, mainly fine, apart from one or two showers, very hot during the day, 30 degrees at the moment, with a relative humidity now of 75%. Laws implications. Some SAR residents said they've been trawling through their previous social media posts in order to delete any they think might contravene the new legislation. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about aspects of the uh, NSL. Uh, we were talking uh, kind of about one country, two systems, and a big picture in the first part of the uh, programme with uh, Mr Young from the One Country, Two Systems Research Institute. We're joined now by James Toe, Democratic Party lawmaker. We wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, police and uh, security uh, issues. Uh, if you want to uh, join in, then uh, just pick up the phone and we'll put you on air. 233-88266 is the number, 233 88266 uh, or of course you can leave a message on our Facebook page that's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3 or you can email us and our email address is backchat at rthk.hk a lot of interesting uh, emails uh, that have come in uh, Andrew Kay says I hope you're catching uh, Mock, that's Charles Mock soundbites on Money Talk this morning for future review, another prophet of doom uh, f- uh, f- F says, the new law is a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get. Forrest G, please don't read out my name. I don't want to get into trouble with Mama. Uh, J says, at the moment, all the internet companies are going into my personal data and so are hackers. At present, I can try and go to the police for help. But if I have corrupt government officials going into my site, there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. How does that 
benefit. That comes uh, from Jay. John says, please ask the guests whether there is any difference between national security and the security of the Communist Party. Is it imaginable for any Chinese Hong Konger to be supportive of the Chinese nation without being supportive of the brutal and repressive party now in charge? Uh, Jay also says, at the moment we have the ICAC. Is the central government going to give them special powers to look into police or government matters? Who is going to check? Chris says, Mr Young's vague expressions of confidence make it abundantly clear that the national security law means whatever Beijing wants it to mean. No more and no less. Kiss the rule of law goodbye. That comes from Chris. Alan says, Backchat, your guest is gaslighting us, telling us how much Beijing values Hong Kong's freedoms. OK, prove it. Many believe that the law was rushed in, so it could be used to ensure that the DAB retains control of LegCo. Collusion and sedition are so ill-defined they can be used to imprison anyone at all. Will this law be used to disqualify people from the LegCo election? And Martin says the newly minted Committee for Safeguarding National Security has provided huge new powers to the police without warrant. So that means at the least extreme concern by foreign investors, including the much-vaunted technology sector. The communist veil has fallen over this vibrant, sophisticated place and there is no future. Asia's world city is now just another dull communist controlled city. Sad but true. That comes uh, from Martin. Uh, some uh, interesting comments on, on, our, on our Facebook page which we'll get to perhaps uh, in a moment but one, one comment from, from Tom there who says has anyone commented that under six days of the iron fisted authoritarian tyranny of the national security law there's been no mass arrests, no media outlets have been shut down, no troops on the streets but, but it's going to happen any day now is what they've been saying for 13 months. So while people are living in starvation and deprivation in Yemen, Syria, Myanmar, Libya and many other countries, world media attention has been drawn to the issue of whether the Hong Kong Public Library should or should not stock three books that may promote independence on its shelves. That comment uh, from Tom, and as I say, I'll get to those other Facebook ones in, in, in just a moment. Uh, James Toe, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. We wanted to talk kind of a little bit about the police uh, and the new powers that the police uh, will have and the office which is uh, being developed uh, to uh, protect national security uh, in Hong Kong. First of all, that announcement yesterday of the, of the new powers for the, the police, specific powers, what do you make of that? Well, first about the procedure of uh, the pronouncement of the law. Well, um, now, uh, although the, the, the National Security Committee um, is a uh, Hong Kong committee, but uh, they deviate from uh, all the lawmaking process uh, in which, uh, well, uh, for example, a very uh, important uh, subsidiary legislation. I treated this uh, so, so-called detailed implementation is a kind of a subsidiary legislation uh, sec uh, secondary to the uh, main uh, legislation, uh, legislate uh, in Beijing, okay. Um, this subsidiary legislation in the past, uh, well, at least uh, it will be presented to LegCo for consultation or uh, for wetting. But now they're, they're completed. There, there's no such process. And, well, the meeting, uh, the security panel meeting already scheduled in this afternoon. Well, the government know that. But they uh, don't like to uh, put through uh, for discussion in this is a two hours uh, meeting, but they just pronounced last night. So, uh, secondary, uh, se secondly, um, you know, uh, this uh, so-called detailed implementation, um, they have no authentic um, um, uh, English version. Um, 
in, in Hong Kong, all the law enacted by uh, in Hong Kong system should have uh, dual language, and they are equally authentic. But this time, it's the only piece of legislation that, um, with a, such a serious consequence, with just an extensive uh, power, uh, with a, uh, the uh, very severe restriction of freedom, but we have only the Chinese authentic version. The English version is only a translation and not official. Uh, talking about the police power, for example, um, now they can go to uh, uh, apply for interception to the um, chief executive and not to uh, a judge as uh, stipulated in other uh, investigation of a criminal offence. And um, I think uh, it will give uh, the very draconian power to the chief executive. Well, even in, in their choice of uh, uh, the new system for selected judges, only for trying of uh, those uh, national severe cases, they don't even trust those panel of judges for authorizing the application for interception. But they, own, they, they don't go to the extreme for giving all the power to the CE as the approving uh, authority. For interception, so well they just um, go to the extreme and no uh, don't want to have uh, any check on of, of balance uh, to uh, to the minimum extent. Yeah. Um, James, uh, the the police now has set up a, a national security kind of a division um, under Chris Tang, the commissioner. Um, how? And, you know, how, how could, um, you know, this uh, new unit work? Uh, because you know the police very well. Um, it's supposed to have wide powers of uh, intelligence gathering, investigation and and training capabilities. But it also has to work with um, the um, new agency at the uh, national level, at the national security authorities level. Uh, uh, good question, yeah. Um, I can only say... Um well, Hong Kong will go to a stage of just a, the, uh, the police state with secret police, with extensive um, civilians and interception uh, of communication, uh, monitoring of all your um, correspondence, uh, email uh, messages uh, com communicated. Well, they just want to monitor everything. Well, the only limit to their um, that, to their um, uh, use of those power is resources and capability and not of any law or not of uh, uh, the um, checks from the court, uh, not of uh, some uh, detailed procedures that they have to follow. Well, uh, actually, it is a police state. Uh, well, you could call it a police state, but that, I mean, but those things you describe they apply to every state in in the world. Frankly, every state in the world has agencies that deal with internal security, that deals with national security, that deal with things like terrorism, that deal with things like foreign interference. These are realities in the twenty first century. Everybody has them. Everybody needs them, and we've been fooling ourselves by pretending that we we don't need them and we we can't have them. No, I beg to disagree. In those uh, democratic regime, in those um, country or places, jurisdiction that are rule of law, well, they should have uh, at least some checks and balance on the courts. But now the, um, the whole system for the new national security legislation is just to squeeze the court to a minimum extent. They selected the judges, they selected a panel of uh, prosecutors, 
from uh, within the Secretary of Justice Department. Um, they don't uh, have to go to the court for application of interception. And in extreme case, they don't even, uh, they, the, the, the frontline officer can even do on their own. Well, um, I think this uh, level of uh, checks and balance from an independent agency like the court or a special panel, uh, which is trusted by the, uh, 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 the places, we lack all these uh, as equivalent in the democratic regime. But um, uh, people will say, but this is about national security. And, you know, national security is actually another level. Uh, and, and Hong Kong will just have to live with it. Well, um, uh, well at least uh, those in, in, in other uh, the world, the democratic regime, well, they at least um, national security are uh, subject to uh, the final limitation of the um, human rights government. And that kind of concept like proportionality, uh, uh, absolute necessity, uh, imminent danger, uh, and um, all these concepts are built in, uh, from in the human rights governance in order to check against all those powers, procedures, um, capabilities, all those things. The, but a lot of uh, that is window dressing. A lot of that is window dressing, but isn't it? You still, no, no, you, still get a guan, you still get a Guantanamo, yeah, and you still get yeah. people trying to sidestep their, the rules that they, you know, they pay lip service to. You still get, uh, you still get abuse, and you still get even, you know, measures like the Patriot Act in the United States, which have extraordinarily sweeping powers and abilities. Uh, you know, it's more honoured in the breach than the observance. But there, at least, uh, they have uh, the um, uh, opposition, uh, strong opposition, um, work in their parliament or congress uh, to check. And they have a very vibrant uh, NGO uh, and cultures uh, in, in built, uh, uh, implemented in their, in their country. Um, and also, they have a, a very strong press uh, to expose uh, those um, abuse cases. But I doubt very much in the, in, in the future that in Hong Kong, um, those uh, important civic institution and um, infrastructure uh, can uh, check against the government in this respect. I mean, if you want to talk about international norms, Hong Kong has been in the past very kind of open to the world. Uh, and so we have things like uh, foreign judges, we have foreign nationals in the in the civil service and occupying important positions of power and, and, and so on. Um, uh, but, you know, when it comes to the point of, uh, of people calling on foreign nations to issue, to issue sanctions, uh, it comes to the point of, um, you know, people touting the flags of states that are hostile to, uh, to, to China, like the United States and so on, through the streets and singing the national anthem and so on and calling, even calling on, you know, American troops to be sent to Hong Kong. That's just too far. That's simply too far. Nobody, no place in the world would tolerate that. Maybe we've got used to it, but maybe we were fooling ourselves. Uh, uh, well, I would uh, agree with certain examples that uh, you say will be uh, going uh, too far. But in a, well, uh, actually, uh, a democratic and free society, um, say, uh, advocating for uh, independence without resorting to uh, violence or serious uh, illegal means uh, should be tolerated as a kind of um, freedom of speech or assembly under the human, international human rights government. But of course, uh, China may 
uh, not like that, and they cannot endure that. So they um, use a different system, which is more restriction. Uh, we have a more restriction in freedom, etc. But uh, we are talking about Hong Kong as an international city, free city, treasured by the world. And even when uh, China implemented John Declaration and their basic law, they advocate to the world, they persuade to the market, to the world that Hong Kong is still a free society. Did, didn't we just push it a little bit too far? We could still be a reasonably free place like Singapore um, uh, or, or like a number of kind of uh, uh, Asian countries. Maybe we wouldn't be... Uh, quite as free as we were, but we'd be pretty free, and maybe that's enough. Maybe that's we can compromise there. Well, uh, as I said, I agree with your, your certain examples, extreme examples, that uh, we may be going too far. Like, uh, if you um, um, collude with uh, foreign uh, armies or government to attack um, in uh, militarily uh, uh, Hong Kong, uh, against Hong Kong and China, of course, it's a, no country can tolerate that, that kind of, of behavior. But otherwise, uh, there is a, a still a, a very uh, great freedom uh, and shrine and should be tolerated under the international human rights governance. Well, because the Chinese promised the whole world that the, the, the line of freedom is the international human rights governance. But if you say, oh, we, we uh, in Hong Kong, uh, we don't adhere to that, then that's another matter. Okay. Our number is 233 8826, 233 8826. Uh, here's uh, an email from uh, Juan, uh, who says, US Consul General uh, Hans Smith made a misleading claim yesterday. The Patriot Act was passed with Act literally an overnight revision of the nation's surveillance laws. The Senate version of the Act, which closely resembled the legislation requested by the Attorney General, was sent straight to the floor with no discussion, debate or hearings. Many senators complained they had little chance to read it, much less analyse it before having to vote. In the House, uh, hearings were held and a carefully constructed compromise bill emerged from the Judiciary Committee. But then with no debate or consultation with rank-and-file members, the House leadership threw out the compromise bill and replaced it with legislation that mirrored the Senate version. The Patriot Act increases the government's surveillance powers and accessing records on an individual's activity being held by third parties, expands the government's ability to search private property without notice to the owner, etc. That comes from one. Our number is 233 So We've got Mike on the line now, I think. Mike, good morning. Well, good morning. I don't need to, after you read that email, I, I don't need to make a comment because uh, my comment was to your, to your uh, guest and his little knowledge of what was going on in America, in America. So um, I think you clarified it. Uh, the Senate and the Congress, they, uh, they, they're not watching out for, for our, for our um, uh, 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 rights and security. The government can basically do exactly what they want to do. And so I think, I think America is really, and, and you know I'm a CCP critic and have been for 40 years. But I think America has really kind of stepped over the line and gotten in their nose in somebody else's business because something had to be something had to be done with uh, the violence and the uh, the rioters that were um, that were um, that were controlling Hong Kong basically. In fact, you see the same thing going on in in America right now. 
there has to be something, and something will happen. And it'll be the National Guard, and some people will get shot, and uh, the, the rioters will go back into their caves. Mike, are there any other ways to do this? Uh, I mean, all governments would like to win the hearts and minds uh, of their citizens. Have you watched any of the Have you watched any of the YouTube videos that have been going on with the radical, radical um, Antifa, the radical left? I mean, it is just it, it's really kind of outrageous. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm my home is Northern California, and it's pretty. Um, it's pretty rural and farmland. Um, they tried to bust some Antifa people up to do a protest, and a bunch of guys came out in their pickups and their rifles, and Antifa got back on the bus and took off. So it's been kind of peaceful up in the farm areas. But, um, yeah, uh, I just got a telephone call. That, uh, you know, Dad, don't come home for a while because, uh, you know, this is not the same America as you left. Um Okay. So yeah, it's it's and well, and, James, Toad, hang on, James Toad, do you want to respond to what uh, Mike is oh, saying? Then? Yes, I can understand his uh, sentiment because uh, uh, quite a lot of Hong Kong people uh, will have a uh, kind of sentiment even uh, for Hong Kong. But the point is, uh, if uh, actually if, if uh, we want to uh, suppress so-called or prosecute uh, those violent offence, I think already uh, ten thousand people already arrested, and uh, existing law without the national security uh, law from Beijing. Already we have done that, and we are I able, know, but our government already is able to do it. Look at the good side. The good side is, what was the last time there was a reaction? You're looking at Tiananmen Square. Has not this, I mean, as critical as I am of the CCP, haven't they learned their lesson? And haven't they acted a lot more prudently uh, towards the rioters in Hong Kong than they did um, in Tiananmen Square? So there has been improvement, hasn't there? But but now we we have this national security legislation, Mike, and um, you know with the detailed implementation, we now know that uh, the police can search without warrant, and the police has wide investigative powers. Are you, know, are you nervous? Not, are you very nervous about are that? Are you really? Uh, do you really believe that the British didn't uh, had those same powers? They could stop me on the street anytime they wanted to, and they could uh, 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 search search my person. They could come into your house. If they suspected, and they didn't need, there was this, there was the same ability uh, for the last how many years? I, my, my phone, my phone could have been tapped um, uh, before 1997. James Tone? Yeah, but but the, the power of uh, interception, uh, only approved by the chief executive, had been struck down by the court. So that's why uh, the uh, government has to um, uh, create a system of uh, the approval uh, by the uh, uh, judge. Uh, it's uh, not by the chief executive. But yes. now it's come back again for next new security offense. But see, they got around that because they started, like China is starting to realize, you have to pick the judge that you want. So a particular judge may have struck down the evidence in that particular case, but you could get a, you could go and get another judge or take it to appeal, and those judges would overturn it. Yeah, but so already they built in the, the, uh, the new system that only a handful of judges to be only to be um, tried, trying that uh, national security cases. And well, 
I think well, I think they learned from America. They learned from America that they saw that there was a liberal judge in Hawaii that could stop the entire process. Yeah, and so oh, now now those national security uh, judge, I would say, cases judges, why don't the, they can put the power of interception application to those judges if they are to be trusted? And and well, at least they are judges. And have uh, independ- uh, some kind of independent image and uh, check and balance. But what but my point, my, what my point is, that they the power uh, only go to the I, I know, but my my point was that Hong Kong isn't the first one to do this. Hong Kong's not the first one to do this. This is why uh, President Trump has already appointed 300 federal judges because they realize that if you if you have your judges in the courts. Well, then things are going to be going your way a little bit more more easily. So China's just following America's uh, America's lead on 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 stacking the courts. James Stone. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, but I understand that the the um, the, um, uh, the judges' appointment in U.S. Um, are quite different from um, uh, Hong Kong. Somewhat. And uh, in Hong Kong, and usually where uh, our judges are very apolitical. And um, in the process, there have already been those uh, professional tests, integrity tests. And um, uh, our judges uh, all along uh, is uh, very uh, apolitical and not uh, 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 that kind of... I I don't agree. I don't agree with that. How many times have you been to court in the last five years? I've been to court Uh, eight times in the last... I've been to court eight times in the last five years, and I find and I found that that wasn't true at all. That it was, uh, uh, yeah, maybe high court, but as soon as you go to the appeals court, all the judges are 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 Hong Kong chosen judges, and they are all political. Political in what uh, sense? You, you mean you you political you think that now that the judges you're going to unless it's a human rights offense, unless it's a human rights offense. You're going to get the. You're going to get Hong Kong judges. Uh, uh, I mean, you're going to get judges that are going to be ruling in favor of the Hong Kong government in a in a in a majority of cases. Right. Yeah, exactly. Then that, that that now they don't even trust uh, the uh, court as a whole. Even as you said, uh, most of the cases are banned um, towards uh, the government. Um, I'm, I'm not oh yeah, yeah. I, my my, my a, ju- a, a judge in my case, actually, the judge gave testimony. Testimony. He became he he put himself up as an expert witness. Could we cross-examine him as an expert witness? Could we bring other uh, other witnesses in? No, because it was the appeals court, and the appeals court and the judge is is giving ex- uh, uh, expert witness, and he writes that in his review. Okay. I didn't agree with the. I didn't agree with the uh, the prosecution. Uh, 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 it should be this, and he gives his own testimony. All right. Okay. Okay. Just a comment. <laughs> just a comment from uh, Andrew F, who says, "I thought the national security legislation was bad enough, but now I find myself, at least partially, agreeing with Mike. The end of the world is clearly nigh." That comes from Andrew F. Thank you very much indeed for that, Mike. Thank you very much indeed, uh, as ever, for, for your for your call. Uh, Anders says um, uh, the wider Hong Kong resident assumes that the Hong Kong administration, quick to support the news in its official capacity and personal blogs, did nothing to address public discontent.
and orders from the central government. The new security law appears to most as the latest bitter pill for the taxpayer to follow a year of the Hong Kong government failing to hold public discourse. Let's ignore the one-off QE Stadium Q&A for a big 150 audience that it trumpeted or hold an official inquiry into the year since last June. Credibility that it was a local government decision to imply Hong Kong has no right to such an investigation into what went on on all sides and that the police will see no proper disciplining and that there were no agent provocateurs at work during the protests purely to ramp up powers of the establishment is shattered across classes and ages here. Carrie Lamb said after the NSL imposition that part of her responsibility is to be accountable to the people of Hong Kong. Are we ever going to experience this? Uh, Sam says, Dear Backchat, taking into account other movements elsewhere in the world, in Hong Kong there is no nothing called a free lunch. It's not about autonomy, but all to do about opportunism. Only damper right now is the level of COVID in the West. These youth in Hong Kong are misled due to various promises. How many would have applied by now for the BNO? There are no shortage of funds, I believe, observing the past protests and favourable promises from the West to lure the youth. People who taste the pie are Dennis, Stroke, Joshua and company. Seniors use the youth lure the students. The dark hand has been successful and as such resulted in China having to come down hard on security legislations. There was somebody who came on back chat to divert this current impasse on housing. Hong Kong's situation is dire as the movement had filtered to schools. As for James Toe, my regard for him as a good balanced legislator waned the day he decided to disrupt a government function to which he was an invitee by taking on the rule of hooligan. That comes uh, from uh, Sam. Uh, uh, Alan says, you and your co-host have been saying that Western countries have security laws like the US Patriot Act. True. These, however, are used against actual terrorists, the IRA, Al-Qaeda, not teenagers who led street marches. If Trump tried to have members of the US Democratic Party prosecuted, no judges would go along with it. In China, judges do exactly what they are told. Any law can be used as a weapon against a political opponent. For example, the anti-corruption campaigns that she has got is used to get rid of factional opponents. Those thoughts from uh, Alan. Thank you very much indeed for that. And uh, finally, just some comments on uh, Facebook page. Uh, let's see, this is from TC, who says, uh, Beijing's take on localism is rather interesting. Many places in mainland China do many localist things, none of which imply independence. For example, the household registration hukou system is a form of localist policy in which citizens are tied to a certain locale. More importantly, the original intent of the hukou system is to protect urban areas like Beijing and Shanghai to be overrun by the rural population, which is another very localist uh, behaviour. Uh, TC also says a member of the NSC's background is problematic, while the C is a PR citizen who has no right of abode. All of her immediate family are citizens of the United Kingdom. How do the patriotic Chinese citizens be sure that her decisions won't be held hostage by a foreign power? This is why Chinese nationalism is a tough sell in Hong Kong. The best spokespeople have a mindset of a drug dealer. They want everyone to touch it, but would never let their children go anywhere near it. Uh, and uh, Chung says, if the legal principles of Hong Kong are not equality for all discussion is meaningless. Just as the mainland China does not allow browsing Facebook, but NPC member Stanley Ng can still upload meeting discussion documents on Facebook. Whatever you use 
what slogan they can define it's support Hong Kong independence however did you see Junius Ho shout kill all Hong Kong independence supporters had any consequence that's for, from uh, Chung on our Facebook page thank you very much indeed James Toe thank you for, for joining us today Democratic Party lawmaker uh, Ada many thanks to you uh, we'll be back um, uh, fingers crossed tomorrow at uh, 8.30 uh, I think talking about the internet uh, perhaps and uh, controversies relating to the national security legislation that are arising there. The weather before we go, mainly fine, apart from one or two showers. Very hot during the day, temperatures up to about 33 degrees, the outlook mainly fine and very hot, apart from isolated showers. The rest of this week, 30 degrees now, relative humidity at 74%. To prevent pneumonia and respiratory tract infection, always keep hands clean and wash hands for at least 20 seconds. Put the lid down before flushing. Add water to U-traps regularly. Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when sneezing or coughing. Wear a mask and seek medical advice promptly if unwell. Fully cover your nose, mouth and chin with a mask. Visit chp.gov.hk to learn more. 9.33, the news now with Ben Chair. The director of the WHO Collaborating Center for Infectious Disease Epidemiology and Control at the University of Hong Kong, Benjamin Cowling, says he's very concerned about a reported outbreak of COVID-19 among elderly care home residents. An 85-year-old woman is said to have tested positive for the coronavirus. That's after a third local COVID-19 case was confirmed yesterday, connected to a congee and noodle shop worker who came down with the disease the day before. Social media platforms Facebook, WhatsApp and Twitter, along with internet giant Google, have all suspended the processing of government requests for user data in response to Beijing's new national security law for the SCR. And a tell-all memoir by President Trump's niece will be published on Tuesday next week a fortnight earlier than expected, according to its publisher. The decision comes days after a New York state court lifted a judge's ruling temporarily blocking publication. Too much and never enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man by Mary Trump is already a bestseller due to online pre-orders. The author is a trained psychologist. And that's the news from RTHK. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer, Interpreter of Beethoven. And so oh so shy, quiet and retiring doggy cows, co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really quiet dance, it's not really for characters. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decide of what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. Inter- interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning to you and welcome to Tuesday.